It's so good to be with you tonight on a Wednesday night in the middle of February, and uh, I'm ready to go. I, I do feel on assignment this evening, and so um, you got these stakes, and so I'll tell you what we're doing with these stakes today is I'm going to speak a message to you out of Isaiah chapter 54, and it says to strengthen your stakes, and we're going to go through that a little bit and talk a little bit about it. Because it starts talking about sing, O barren woman, because there's babies coming. And it starts about enlarging and stretching, but then strengthen your stakes. And so this right here is your stake for what God has you to do in the next season of time. Now, in your chairs in front of you, there is a Sharpie. And so on this stake, when we get to end of service, I want you to have some things written on your stake before you take it to prayer. Because we're going to take your stake to prayer by the end of the night. And I didn't, this isn't actually my stake. My stake that I have is at home in my office. But I want you to put your stake in ministry on one side. It might be the area that you serve or areas that you serve. Uh, and then there's another area, so your, your, your ministry. Then there's miracles. What miracles are you believing God for? And write those miracles on your stake. Then I have a side that is your family. And it's the things you're believing God just for your family. Like the things that matter most, like your children serving the Lord. Can I get an amen? And then the last one, I put fun. On my one at home, it has a Clippers championship. I doubt that will actually happen, but I just keep it in faith anyways. Um, but we're really so excited to be here. So we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. But we truly are so excited to be here. And can I just tell you uh, everything that um, you know, Pastor Corey said about us is reciprocated back. In fact, I would say um, approximately two years ago, we went through some of the toughest stuff we've been through in our ministry life. If I just told you in short, basically we had some betrayal in our church and about 300 people left our church, some of our best friends, and in the middle of a building project. And if you've driven down by Red Deer and you see a giant building that holds about 2,000 people. That's our church that we just built. That is now with, filled with a whole bunch of people that we do not really know yet that have just come to Jesus. The baptism tank is full every Sunday. And God's doing amazing things. But can I tell you, can I tell you that in the middle of our darkest time, there was Pastor Corey and Pastor Aaron taking us for lunch and calling us on the days that were really tough. And I just want you to take a moment and I want you to give Jesus praise and also say a thank you to your pastors right now for all that they do for you. And so one more thing before we get to the messages. I, was, I did call Pastor Corey a few weeks ago and when I called him, a picture of him came on my screen. Do you got that picture on the screen? That picture came on my screen. 
Like, where did this come from? And I just, I just thought, and I, so I phoned him. I said, Corey, I got this picture of you. Did you shave your head? And he's like, it's the worst thing I've ever done. Let me ask you a question. How many are thankful that pastor grew his hair back? How many would like him to go back to where it was? Uh, pastor Aaron says, no way. That's so good. Hey, just for one minute, would you just stand as we read God's word? I just, it's just something, it's a habit of, of, of ours. And um, we're going to read Psalm, Isaiah chapter 54. Sing, O barren woman, you who have not yet born, break forth into singing and cry aloud. You have not labored with child, for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. Would you read this with me? Verse 2. Enlarge the place of your tent, and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you shall expand to the right and to the left, and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. Father, thank you for your word. And I just pray this message would just hit home in every heart. Lead us, guide us, strengthen us today in Jesus' name. And we said together, amen. You can be seated tonight. So Isaiah chapter 54 has four words, and we're good to go. Four words, enlarge, which... I just put beside that the word grow. And, and for me, the picture of that word enlarge is the cedar tree that you find in Psalm chapter 92. They will grow like cedars in Lebanon. Can everyone just say grow? God wants you to grow. He wants you to be enlarged. And then the cedar tree in Lebanon, it's, it's a beautiful tree. Uh, it's beautiful redwood. It's 130 feet high. Now, how high is this ceiling, Pastor Corey? I don't know. Is this 35 feet? Is this 40 feet? No, it's 24. 24 feet? Our ceiling in our, in our new building is 60 feet. 60 feet high. And think about a tree that's twice that high. 60 feet. Huge. Uh, 130, 130 foot high. Eight foot wide, like have you ever been to those cedars that you all join hands around the cedar tree? Multiple trunks, rough scaly bark, it's pest resistant, it's free of knots, the cedar of Lebanon. They call it the cedar of God. Cedars are mentioned 103 times in scripture and it was used in the, to overlay the temple. Uh, they grow like cedars, the Bible says. Uh, Psalm 92, they planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish. Psalm 1, they are like trees planted along the river banks. Isaiah 61, they're called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. And I think they got a picture that Pablo from our church drew a picture of a cedar tree. And he's got all sorts of horrible tattoos. And I tell, I tell Pablo, this would be much better than the horrible tattoos that you have. Christ, the word, worship, friends, serving, giving, prayer. And there's roots going into Christ so that you can continue to grow like a cedar tree. Then when we talk about the word stretch, I think of the word flexible. And when I think about flexibility, I think about the palm tree. Now, how many of you at this time of year just can't even look at a palm tree? 
what? A palm tree right now? And so, you know, a few weeks ago when it was like minus whatever it was, a friend of mine sent me this picture right here. If you can put the picture of that palm tree up there. Uh, you got it? There it is. Sent me this picture. He didn't know that it was like minus 33. So I sent him this picture, minus 30. And then he sent me this picture. And I sent him a text that said, you're no longer my friend. I don't like you. That was, that was painful and hurtful to see that palm tree. But the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. Of course, I'm just kidding. Palm trees can handle 145 mile winds, hurricanes. There's some of the tallest trees, 80 to 100 feet. Some can get up to 200 feet. They can bend 50 degrees. And the more food that comes, I want you to hear this, the more food that comes into the trunk of a palm tree, the more flexible it is. And so they have this fibrous root system that spreads out like a carpet into the ground. And it really is this simple, and I, I want you to hear this, the heavier the storm, the stronger the roots go down. So I just want you to know something. If you've been through something or you're going through something, God uses it for good in your life. And if you've been blown and bending but not breaking, what's happening is your roots are going down. But listen to this. The deeper the roots, the more food and the more growth. So the storm in your life is actually causing you to put your roots down into Christ. And as you put your roots down into Christ through the storm, guess what? You're becoming taller, stronger, more flexible, more fruitful in your life, even in the storm. And the more food and growth, the more flexible in the storm. And instead of snapping, you bend. And I, just want, I just want to put you into a mindset that there, there's always going to be storms. There's always going to be a, a marriage storm. There's always going to be a church storm. There's always going to be something going on in friendships or family or relationships. There's always going to be something that's going on. Don't be surprised by the storm. But as the storm comes, just let your roots go deeper into Christ and be planted in the local church even more, not less. In the middle of the storm. Grow like a cedar, flex like a palm tree. Then there's this word, lengthen. And when you actually go to, when you actually go to the Hebrew word, it actually means endure. Lengthen, but endure. And it says lengthen your cords. And I think about, you know, the, when you put the tent together and you set it up, but then there's the cord that goes to the stake and that cord just stays there in tension. It just endures there. It's holding that tent up. It's expanding what is happening uh, for that tent. And it's just staying in attention at all times. There's a, there's a tension in church. When you say that you're a generational church, a church that's always for the next generation, that means that there'll be some tension between people that don't want, they just want church for them. I just want church for me. Make me happy. Make me satisfied. I don't care about anyone else. Truly, I'm a narcissist. 
But when you fight for the generations, there'll always be some tension. And there's got to be some people that are cords that stand in the tension and say, Oh no, this church will always be a generational church. Oh, there's people that, you know, get all freaked out when somebody talks about, starts talking about finances or giving in the house of God. And there's always that tension. But I love people that can live in the tension and go, I love to give. I love to be a kingdom builder. I love to see God's kingdom go further. And I don't really care what you think. I was talking with somebody about tithing just right before service. I said, tithing isn't giving. Tithing isn't giving. Tithing is just your starting point before generosity because the tithe is the Lord's and the fullness. It's His. It's not mine. But who's willing to live in the tension so that the tent can be opened up for someone who needs Jesus and someone who needs a home? Lengthen, endure. And of course it begins with this single barren woman, which means that it's always about the kids. It's always about the babies. It's always about those that don't yet know Christ. And then we get to this word, strengthen. The word that I have for that is establish. And, and for this strength, and we've talked a little bit about trees. I love Psalm 1. They are like trees planted along the riverbank. Their leaves never wither. What, they prosper in all they do. And, and so I did just this little study on trees. I'm only going to give you a little portion of it. But there are 37 actual trees mentioned in Scripture. 37 where they actually mention the trees. And I've already talked to you about the palm tree and the cedar tree. Then there's, of course, the olive tree. And we're called to be olive trees. Jesus went up into the place of prayer, the Mount of Olives, and there should be an olive oil flowing out of your life. Jesus begins his ministry and he, he, he begins with, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for He has anointed me. So we should be an olive tree. Then, of course, there's the acacia tree, which is what they built the Ark of the Covenant of. And if you think about the Ark of the Covenant, the Ark of the Covenant, this piece of wood, held the glorious, wonderful presence of God. And then on the inside of it was the Word of God. And the, the pot of manna, which represents the provision of God, and the budding rod, which represents the authority of God. And God says, you'll be like a tree who holds my presence, holds my word, holds my provision. You're to be a tree. Then there's the, the acacia tree, or sorry, the sycamore tree. That's the tree that Zacchaeus got up. In the tree, we're to be that type of tree that somebody who just wants to see Jesus can get up in our branches and we can get walked on a little bit for somebody to see Jesus. Then there's the almond tree, which is has a beautiful fragrance, which speaks to us that we should carry the fragrance of Jesus, the fragrance of Christ. Then there's the Petroparcus tree, which was the tree that they made David's instruments out of. This tree that other kinds of wood could be built, could build things and make things. And, but this kind of tree has a tonal quality. That when they would build an instrument out of this tree, 
it would sound so beautiful out of this tree that David and those men would carve out instruments out of that tree. And we're to have that type of praise be those trees that carry the praises of God with a tonal quality to them. Then there was the broom tree, shade for those who just need shade. And the oak tree of Mamre where Abraham sat under that tree it's a picture of revelation. And it's amazing with that tree, they, they say that that tree still exists today. And um, they thought it was dead. It, it lived for 5,000 years. And then they thought, it was, they thought it was dead. But in 1995, a shoot came out of a dead tree. And Abraham's tree is still alive and actually growing right now and how many of you know just when you think that things are dead just when you think that things are done there's a resurrection tree and this church is a picture of the tree you are a picture of the tree picture of someone who carries the presence of God carries the fragrance of God a, a picture of someone who carries resurrection life on the inside of you and brings life to others who need the life of Jesus Christ can we just put our hands together and just give Jesus a praise enlarge grow stretch flex lengthen endure strengthen establish and this just gets me to where I really want to go this evening is to lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. My life was changed a few years ago by a lady that's part of our church. Her name is Ifi Izibi. And Ifi sometimes can get into your face, can't she, Becca? Yes. <laughs> she is an amazing woman of God. She got into my face this one day and got right this close to my face. And Ethi Azibi said to me, Pastor, just give me a stake in what God is doing. Her and Dr. Kenny Azibi, part of our church, have taken their stake. And I see them as people who have stretched their cords and they're living in the tensions of what it really takes to build God's house but because they've taken their stake and driven it into the ground and decided to be planted in the house but not just planted but to take their stake and play their part planted but playing their part in the house the house of God has expanded because somebody took their stake Right now, you'll notice on my stake, it says 772. Right now in our church in Red Deer, we would have about 456 stakeholders. People who have taken their stake. People that have said, I'm, I'm going to tithe. I'm going to put God first in the tithe. People that have said, I'm going to serve. I'm going to find some place to lead. And, and I'm, I'm taking the stake. You know, when you look in the Old Testament and you see David say, like, I just like to be a doorkeeper in the house of God. You know, doorkeeper in the house of God was a big deal. 
It's like, you're a doorkeeper for the Ark of the Covenant? You're a protector of the presence of God? It wasn't, I'm an usher. You know, sometimes we treat the things that are so important as if they're not important. No, if you're a doorkeeper in the house of God, David said, what else would you rather be than a doorkeeper? And so there would be those that would say, and I just, I'm taking, on, I'm taking this on, Pastor Corey. I'm a doorkeeper in the house of God. I'm part of the ushering team. I'm part of the, the team that brings the kids in and smiles at the kids. And guess what you're doing? Through the tension, because sometimes there's tension on the team. Sometimes there's hard work on the team. Sometimes there's pressure on the team. But they stay in the tension and they put their stake down deep into the ground. In our church, we got 400 and 452 or something like that. I'm believing in the next three months that that number would be 772. You say, well, why 772? Because I went to all of our team leaders and I said, how many stakeholders do we need to really build the church to get it to two services? Because we just built this huge humongous building and to go to two services in that building you can't have 200 people in that room that seats 1600 adults so we need to make like big strides and big moves and so I need a whole bunch of people right now in Redner that would take their stake but you know when I think of Venue Church and I think of all that God is doing and is there thank anyone thankful for all that God is doing right now right here and I hear about it. You got world class pastors and you got world class worship and all this great stuff that's happening in your church and three services and all this. But there's coming a moment of tension. There's coming a moment with tension where to get to where God is going to want you to go, somebody's going to have to like really stretch the cord and say, I want to be a kingdom builder, Pastor Corey. I'm going to financially give something that stretches me big time because I see what God is doing and the souls that are coming to Christ and the young people that are coming to Christ. Pastor Corey, give me my stake. Pray with me every day. I'm believing God. I was telling someone before service, there was somebody that was with us in the, in the Andrew Denton last time he was in Raider. I think they got a picture of Andrew Denton somewhere up there. I wasn't planning on... Uh, talking about it right now, but Andrew Denton will be here. He's an Australian. He's been helping us in our church. He's a regular guy that gave his first gift of $5,000 probably about 12 years ago. And that was the biggest stretch of his life to take that tension stretch for 5000 And God met him in that faith step. And faith step after faith step after faith step, he's now given millions of dollars to his local church and seen their local church go ahead and grow and move because somebody said, Pastor, I'm taking my stake, my call, what God has called me to do, but not just for me, in the house of God to see God's house go further than ever before. Exodus chapter 18 is an interesting scripture, and I'm just going to take you through one Old Testament, one New Testament, and then we'll pray. 
And, and I believe God's going to speak to you. I believe God's going to cause some of you to stretch out the tent of this house just wider. I, I don't know if I asked Pastor Corey, I don't know what his number would be that he would say, well, I'm really believe in God for this many stakeholders that don't have a stake yet and those that already have your stake and you say, yeah, I've got my stake already. Praise God for you and thank God for you that you're standing shoulder to shoulder with your pastors in what God is doing right here at Venue. But Moses is in this place where he's doing it all. And he's leading a million people and he's staying up all day. He's working with people and all night and his father-in-law comes and shows up and, and he's like, his father-in-law, first of all, was so excited. Look what God has done. This is awesome. He brought you out of Egypt. He brought you out of Didsbury. And he brought you to Airdrie. I hope there's nobody from Didsbury that's going to be offended at me. <laughs> brought you out of Egypt. The miracles, the signs, the wonders that happened. The Red Sea. But then he walks in the next day and he goes, Moses is doing it all. And he's working all day. And you can see the exhaustion on him and the tiredness on him. And Jethro, the father-in-law of Moses, says, this is not good. One day he was like, look what God has done. The next day he's like, this isn't good. And he says, you need some stakeholders. Some leaders of a thousand, some leaders of a hundred, some leaders of 50, some leaders of 10. And I, I just did a, a little calculation to find out that Moses was needing 131,000 leaders. And for, to do what God wanted to do in Israel, he needed some capable, honest men who fear God, it says in that scripture, to endure the pressures and to be at peace. 131,000. Now let me take you to the New Testament. This is a little bit more encouraging and this is a little bit more in our realm. But if you go to Acts chapter 6, there's this story where the church kind of plateaus. And it gets to this point where it's plateauing because the apostles are doing things that they shouldn't be doing. They're good things, but they're running the food program, the community care, and, and that's not where that's not their stake. It doesn't mean it's a lesser stake. It doesn't mean that it's a bad stake. It just it's not the stake the apostles are supposed to have. And so the Bible says that they chose seven. Everyone say seven. seven. You know, this becomes way more realistic than 131,000 to us. But I want you to hear this. They chose seven in one department of the church. Seven that would take a stake in community care. And what does it say about the church? It says that the problems were solved, God's message spread, and the number of believers increased. 
And so seven people took a stake. I just wonder what would happen tonight if seven people took a stake in what God was doing and you'd go, well, I, I attend venue, I'm a part of venue, and you're really happy about it. But now you're like, Pastor Corey, Pastor Aaron, I'm coming shoulder to shoulder with you. I'm going to live in the tension of the rope, but I'm putting my stake down into the ground and I'm going to be one of those seven in that one department to see God's work go forward in Jesus name I wonder if there'd be 14 I wonder if there'd be 14 I wonder if there'd be stakeholders that would ask people that aren't stakeholders to become stakeholders I wonder if there would be 21 or 54 or 60. I just wonder what would happen in venue church. I wonder what would happen if some people just would take their stake. Oh, barren Canada. Oh, childless Canada. Oh, childless Airdrie, North Calgary, South Calgary. That's south, right? Oh, down to Didsbury. Oh, oh, Baron. I just want you to hear it through, the, through how God would say it today. Oh, Baron. Oh, Baron region of Airdrie. Enlarge your tent. Stretch out your cords. Strengthen your stakes. So tonight I, I just invite you just to take this stake and just hold it. Just put it in your hand for a second and just hold it for a minute. And I'm going to ask uh, just the piano and maybe just a little bit of worship to come. And take out that sharpie. And, and can I just can I just ask a question today before we can I can I ask a question before we do this tonight? How many just feel like in this place even right now you're like you're just like yep yep this is for me tonight. I need to stand beside my pastors. I need to take my stake. Some of you would know what that stake is. Some of you wouldn't know what that stake is quite yet. I just want to ask, if you're taking your stake tonight, would you just lift your stake? Just lift it up. Just lift it up and just say, yep, I'm taking my stake in what God has. I'm taking my stake in what God is doing here. I'm planted in the house of the Lord. I will flourish in the courts of my God. But I'm going to live in the tension of the rope and I'm putting my stake down in Jesus' name. Now would you take that stake and would you write, aside from ministry, and just write as quick as you can. Just write so you can make it pretty later. And maybe you might write, I, I love, I'm working with the nursery. Like, from now on, it won't be like, oh, I gotta go to nursery and help that once a month single Sunday when they come in. 
I can tell that they came into church, but I can tell their marriage isn't doing well. So guess what, pastor, I'm taking my stake. I'm, we're not just taking care of babies and having a, a babysitting service, but I'm praying for this family. I'm praying for this marriage, that God would do a miracle in this marriage. Just go ahead and just write whatever it is. I, I really believe that there's people that God's calling to take a financial stake in what God is doing. And you're just going to write down there and you're just going to go, God, I don't know what I'm going to give yet, but I just know God wants to do something special through me this year in finances. And so I'm putting finances on a kingdom builder. That's who I am, a kingdom builder. Some would be youth. Some would be, some would be in serving. Some would be in hospitality. Some in all sorts of areas of church life. Some would be just going to the hospital and finding out once a week who's in the hospital and just getting a prayer lesson, praying for those people that are in the hospital or going to the hospital or taking donuts to somebody who just, you know, just needs some love and care. Ministry, then take a bit and put some miracles on there. Oh, I need some miracles. Maybe you need a miracle in your body tonight. You need a miracle in your finances. You need a miracle with your kids. Just write it on there. Write some things for your family, some things that you're believing God for. You know, I, I just have always believed that, and, and Becca and I have seen it. If, if you take care of what God loves, His church, He takes care of your house. You write some things in your family, and then write some fun things. And if you'd be so bold, just write Clippers Championship and pray with me. Would you do that? Because it's not going to happen without a bunch of prayer. for you and then once I'm done praying for you we're just going to send you to get prayer all over this place I'm just believing you know you feel the momentum in this house you feel it you feel the energy you feel the strength you feel what God is doing and I'm just prophesying to you tonight as there is people taking stakes in different areas of church widening what God is doing just like we saw in the book of Acts when seven took one area, community care seven people took one area and the numbers began to grow because seven people took their stake can we stand in the house of God tonight, I'm going to pray for you and then we're just, Pastor Corey's going to come and tell you how to get prayer and everything. Father, thank you for your house. Thank you for this church. Thank you for what you're doing in this place. Thank you for the many that are coming to you week after week after week. Thank you for the babies that are coming into the house. Those that are coming in and just, they're just babies finding faith in you. And Lord, we... We thank you, Lord, that you're preaching and speaking a prophetic word over this church and over this region. Sing, O barren woman. Sing, O barren woman, because the babies are about to be born. You'll be blessed with more babies. Some people just say it's the end for Canada. Canada's doomed, all these things like this. And God says, babies are coming. The church will be full. The church will be expanding to the right and to the left. Stretch out your cords. Strengthen your stakes. 
Church, it's up to us to make a greater place for many to find Jesus and find a home. I just pray blessing on this church. Would you just lift up your hands in this place? I pray blessing on this church. As these hands are even up, and, and Lord, Father, is there, they're holding the, the, the stake in their heart of what you've called them to do, their calling, their purpose. Father, I just pray right now. I pray for such a blessing upon these people. I pray that you would bless them in their families and bless them in their work and bless them in their finances, bless them in their businesses. So much so, Father, that they, they can't even handle the blessing as it says in your word. It's so much. Father, bless them and Father, bless them so that we can be a blessing and expand the tent, expand the house, expand what you want to do. Father, I know right now I know right now that in the natural, it would look impossible for another building. It would look like, how, how are we going to do this? What are we going to do? Just keep your hands up for just another moment. I know your arms are getting tired, but just praying for that Aaron and her anointing around you. Just keep your hands up for just another minute. I just declare over this church, I just declare a miracle. Miracles in this season ahead that are mind-blowing miracles. I don't know how you're going to do it, Lord. I don't know how it's going to happen. But Lord, there's an expansion coming. There's an expansion coming. I don't know when it's coming. I don't know how soon it's going to come. But Father, there's an expansion coming because you got more for this house. And so I just declare it. I just declare it in Jesus' name. I declare it more in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Can we just give Jesus a praise offering in this house today?